The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Happy Sunday, everybody. Welcome to the Sooner or Later Sports Show. I'm your host, Jay, and as you can see, we got our boy Coop in the house. Thanks for pulling up here on the YouTube channel and listening wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to. While you're here, please wipe your feet, like, subscribe, rate, review, give us five stars. You don't think we deserve it? Give us five anyway and gift it. Coop, we're going to have us another fun Sunday. Sir, how are you doing on this beautiful day? Hey, um, good, 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 good. I know it's yeah. We been, missed you last uh, week, we man. We have been, yeah, I, I, we have been scarce as a group. Uh, I have been extremely scarce. Uh, just a lot of, a lot of fun life stuff. Um, glad, glad it's uh, in, in the off week or the off season um, for whatever, whatever we can call the off season nowadays. But uh, you know, once we, once you said, hey, listen, let's let's make this happen today, I was excited, very excited to get back in. Yeah, me too, man. I'm glad to have you back. Yeah, it's it's been a um, we're 100% in that um, really, really, really quiet time. And so I, in a way, feel bad for you all as viewers. This is kind of like the more stressful time of the year for me. And what's funny is that it's stressful because I'm trying to make sure that we're coming up with content that you all would enjoy. And I'm a very I'm very hard on myself. So I guess I should admit that out loud so I can hear that from me too. Um, I think we just lost Coop, which is always a great no. thing to see. Oh, okay. The camera just was off. That's weird. Um, I, I'm pretty hard on myself. I like to make sure that I'm giving you guys the best. And yeah, so this is a stressful time for me. So don't, you know, bear with me as we figure things out. But we got some fun topics to talk about today. We're going to jump into, we'll talk about college football and the changes we're hearing about the playoffs, which came this week, which is very much fascinating. We're going to talk more about coaching rankings, get Coop's thoughts around the latest coaching ranking from 247, from the SEC coaches. We'll dive into the latest coach. We just added new staff member, which is a very big deal that people don't understand. Um, and then we're going to wrap things up. We'll talk about, you know, preparation for spring ball. We'll talk about running for the, playoffs we got a lot of things to really just jump into to have these conversations so thank y'all for pulling up hop in the comments please let us know how you feel what's your thoughts we definitely want you guys to jump in um and yeah steven you're 100 right we have a project what's up lemon you are first we are we're streaming on both channels right now which is always dope uh yeah, Coop, you're soft on your mic, but I can hear you fine, so I guess I think we'll be all right. I, my shirt is very I much usually savage. yell. He I does yell. yell a lot more, and uh, and I'm very, very medicated. So Ah, there you go. And, Steven, you're correct. That project we're doing in the Discord. So if y'all want to join the Discord, y'all can – the link is in the description below. I've reopened it up. Um, we'll be filtering and clearing people out if you're in there showing you behind, just FYI. Well, we got a lot of angles and stuff we're going to work on. Uh, Wait. And yeah, 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 Sean, we bring you on. Don't don't worry. We're gonna we're gonna well, make yeah. a plan for that. We're gonna make a plan Definitely for that. So. You know what? We're gonna map that out over the next two weeks. I don't know which day. And, it's gonna happen. And and I'll just say this is uh the Scott Hall reference 
damn like so good yeah i don't oh. so I, listen just if you've been wondering what has coop been doing like in the past two months like what has he been doing and um nobody back. has actually outside of myself i don't think anybody's wondered that but i randomly turned on tv a couple weeks back the night that the rock showed back up on uh raw oh yeah i haven't i haven't watched i haven't watched like wrestling in in a few years and so when i turn it on and i see that and i'm like oh cool they're playing wrestling replays from several years ago and then like of course i look at the twitter and it's going crazy so uh but yeah no uh that was that was pretty good but uh the scott hall reference okay uh the uh that that's 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 dope. I love it. Uh yeah, that that warms my heart. And yeah, so we will we will make that happen here in March then. So that's a great March idea. Especially because March Madness is gonna hit, baby. You know, basketball is gonna be here. I'll be traveling. Uh I'm going to my annual trip. So if anybody is in Vegas during March Madness, find me. I will be there at a sports book watching games somewhere. And if you're going to be there, just let me know. We'll, we'll find a way to connect. I'm glad to connect and grab a drink and chill or whatnot and all of that jazz. So, but no, cool. Let's talk into jump to the first topic, right? Um, I don't know if y'all realize this, but the NCAA has been having conversations all week. I dropped a video early this week on it about the playoffs. And so they've come up with the structure for the college football playoffs. We'll see a five plus seven model with the top five conference champions being given the first five seeds. And then at larges will be the next ranked seven teams. That's going to be real interesting to see just how they, um, just how they put that together. But the only thing good that the college football playoff has going for them is that they wait until almost mid-season before they start ranking. So we actually know who's what. I just don't like that they reference back to what the APS people ranked and the coaches Paul people ranked at the beginning of the season because you don't really know, right? It's, 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 it's levels of disrespect. Sometimes you're blowing out you're blowing out ranked teams and you're like, wait, but they're not even ranked like five weeks in. So off my soapbox on that. But that's one thing. Now, the next thing, and this is the one thing that cool, we have to talk about especially in regards to Oklahoma, because they're talking about going from 12 to 14 in 2026 now. So they're talking about adding more in there. So, Coop, when you hear that, what what what, 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 what jumps out to you on it? Um, why now? Like, why now? Like, why are we... Like, I, I feel like... There really needs to be some uh, separation between what is what is actual like NCAA and what is actually like people amongst college football. I like, just because I'm like the NCAA has had no teeth, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, they they get the injunction uh, the other day with the recruiting stuff with Tennessee. Ooh, and boy, that's bad for them. This. So bad. Yeah, and then and so I, I'm just. You know, it, it kind of bothers me just because, like, listen, it's I mean, it's kind of like you coming home from college and your mom asks you to do something, and then when you're like, yo, I was going to leave, and she's like, I'm going to spank your butt. You would look at them and be like, mm, we're past that. Like, I feel like 
I feel like major college football's past the NCAA. We've outgrown it, and and it's just absolutely gone. So, I it's maybe it's you know it's also that little thing of like, hey, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to hop in here and. I'm going to try to help out some stuff, and I'm going to try to make some rules and regulations because I'm still part of this, guys. Don't forget me. Remember, I'm the fun uncle. Like, nobody's <laughs> nobody, the fun uncle. Nobody literally, the NCAA talks, and then everybody's like, do we really have to listen to them yet? And, I mean, I think that behind closed doors, the mega conference conversation is already having. Um, and so, you know, it'll be a situation where – you know, like the OU Texas announcement, we knew that was coming, and then it wasn't like official for a few months. Um, and, uh, and so I think that's that. So, my biggest issue on the overall, if we're ready for that part, on the overall thing is, um, I had this idea a while back because I, I was explaining it to, um, to somebody that I work with, and I was just like, you know, I don't really love the first round buy because. Say you're Georgia, Oklahoma, and you get you get a bye, and then but those first round games are played at you know the home the home uh, home fields, and so you would have I mean just think of the NFL I mean it's like hey listen we're gonna take Kansas City we're gonna take Baltimore we're gonna take San Francisco and we're gonna take what other team that didn't win the Super Bowl. And just all of a sudden go, hey, listen, you guys, first round, you're going to have a bye. Second round, we're going to come back. Uh, let's see here. Um, Baltimore, we're going to have you play in Indianapolis because why not? And, and, like, there wouldn't be any home field advantage for that second round, which is it, which is kind of something, you know, insane. Um, so, I, I mean, there is just a lot right now to where it's wh – why are we making changes to something we haven't started yet? Like – that's another question. Like, why are we still discussing this? This is all going to say this. It's none of us have this figured out and people are already trying to make changes to make it better before it's even started. So it's going to be a process. It's kind of all that to say this. It's going to be a process. Yeah. And that's the thing. We're doing that because there's money involved here, right? ESPN's already talking about the money that they want to yeah. spend on this. And so, yeah, we're doing this because, there's money involved. That's the only reason why you do all of this. And it's, I think it's pretty preposterous that th the first thing we're thinking about doing is going into expansion before even, like you said, testing out the 12 team model, which I mean, 12 team model is cool. This is what the schedule looks like. You've got, um, you know, we're, we're going to, the Friday and Saturday games are on campus, which I mean, if you're always the first round playoff game, it's kind of cool. I mean, you know, but it's also like, you know, right before the holidays, then you've got the quarterfinals, which would be at the bowl, the big bowl sites. And then you've got the semis and in the natty. And so for me, one, Notre Dame got screwed out of all of this because there's no way they can actually be one of the four. The In order to get a first round by, you have to be a team, a conference champion. You know, we all know Notre Dame, we all know Notre Dame ain't. Uh, the next one is you're not going to get um, the teams that get the first round by. They're not going to get that revenue from the on-campus games the week before, which is going to be weird. Yeah. 
Yeah, right. Like, so how do you share revenue with that? So it's going to be a complicated, complicated conversation. But if you're going to 14 for Oklahoma, I say if, if the Sooners want to be able to make the playoff, have to finish with at least nine wins, right? And you're going to have to win some games against ranked teams. And I guess you have to win them against ranked teams in the college football playoffs piece, which I hope that that's what they're going to leverage. I'm hoping that that's what we're going to go with and not really leverage the AP portion of it. Focus on what the college football playoff ranks it and then give them, give people points for winning ranked teams that are, that were are ranked or were ranked at the time of play so that it makes more sense, right? It, it, that way you can, actually weigh if teams are good or not but it's going to be a cluster so for oklahoma the biggest thing that they're we're gonna have to focus on dog is like making sure that we we finish every year with nine wins granted being in the sec is beautiful because you have like six (laughs) non-conference games it feels like or six home games total and so there's a good chance with what four non-con and then the rest which i think the sec is trying to go to nine so that takes away one game in which if anybody in here was interested in Bedlam coming back, good luck. Because we got to figure out an opening for that game to even show up. Because if they go nine, takes away one of your non-conference games, which means a team like Maine's always going to be there. You got to have a cupcake. But then it takes away your <clears throat> power five non-conference games. Because like we have what? One, two, we have three. Games, yeah. you got Houston, four, three, Temple, four. and Tulane. West Virginia. As far as um, – Sorry. Tulane. Power five and the, then Maine. The, the, the non-FCS. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm more so thinking like your power five – well, power four now. Your 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 power four yeah. and your group of five. Would it be group of six now? Do those two count as a group of I six? I don't know. Anyway. I'm not Group of five of and P4 not- teams. <laughs> You I don't got, know the pronouns for the for for college football. Yeah, I have no clue. I'm I'm confused as to what they're going to figure out. But I know that it's so we got Tulane, uh, Houston, and Temple. So two P fours and one. Well, no, two one P four, two G fives. Uh, for now, I think Tulane's going to eventually get bumped up, and then you got Maine, which is your traditional SEC cupcake game before a major game, which we're doing at. That's before Ole Miss, I think. Yeah. So that's a big one to go with. So anyway, yeah, I... we've got a lot, a lot, a lot of people popping in. What's good? What's good? Who is this? Uh, SBC Bates. What's up from Wisconsin? Thank you for pulling up. We appreciate it. And thanks for the five bucks. We appreciate the support. Breaking down who the fall enrollees will be again and also what round do you think Drake goes in? All right, I'm going to put a star on that. We'll talk about that once we finish the next topic around the coaching rankings. This will be next up, so Coop, make sure you keep me honest. We will dive into that because that is a very good uh, segment to dive into. So, all right. Yeah, and just so you just so you know, I want to throw out, uh, you know, if you guys are in here now, Wipe your feet. We want you to hit the like button. Why? Because if you hit the like button, your friends and people that you interact with, they're going to start seeing it. And uh, so I want to give a little what's up. Uh, I see PG's in the house. Uh, Preston Gantz. Preston, love you, brother. Uh, Barry from the Barry and Mac show. Uh, Barry's watching right now, and he's checking us out. So uh, what's up, B? And, um, And, yeah, I mean, 
Listen, let's go ahead and see what happens because my thought process is, yes, it's it's a money play. Do the teams that can potentially win the national championship start getting bigger? No, I really don't think that they did. I really think that you're still going to have your select few teams who win the national championship, who, who have a chance to really win the national championship. I just don't see much Cinderella-type situations happening. Like, I don't see... You know, Georgia going up against, let's go with, I don't know, Tulane. And then Tulane making a run and winning an Natty. Like, the, I feel like what what can happen in a basketball and what can happen on the football field, completely different games. Um, but why do we do this anyway? And why this at all? Because, it, you know, it, there is. there. You know, we're getting to a point right now to where, it is let's get everybody a chance, um, even if they really don't deserve a chance. Um, this puts away stuff like the Florida State issue we had this year. Uh, you know, if we have this the year to where uh, TCU and Baylor played in the Big 12 championship and they got left out, there you go. Even go yeah. back to the one year of actual legitimate, mentionable success that Oklahoma State has had in the past 30, <laughs> where they, uh, you know, should have probably gone and played Bama. Um, they don't have that to, you know, remember back in high school type of conversations. So uh, it, it, there's a lot good and there's a lot bad. Um, I think that the the semifinal rounds uh, this year, I guess, is it semifinal or whatever the second round is, is you're going to have the Sugar Bowl, the Rose Bowl, the um, Fiesta Bowl, and the Peach Bowl are, are, are the first rounds. Uh, yep. I know that we're, you know, working with a couple committees at work, you know, trying to put some, you know, pretty cool trips around stuff like that. And so I mean, it's just there, there's there's a lot of lot to be excited about. And I think that the pageantry around this is going to get blown up the, the closer into summer that we get um, right now. Everybody's a little tied up with, uh, you know, potential NCAA game coming out. But, uh, you know, you're going to see a, a lot of momentum, a lot of momentum. And I can see us having a lot of activities and stuff, like you said, wrapped around this because, I mean, it's going to be fun. I, the best part about the playoffs to me is it's going to make me think about how fun March Madness is the first weekend, right? The most exciting part about watching college basketball is the tournament because in that first weekend, those four days, it's always, it's usually always an upset. Something crazy is going to happen and boom, you're going to have a chance to see some sort of an upset and get everybody excited. There's going to be some games come down to the wire. That's what gets you going. But then, of course, you know, the cream rises to the top and then your best teams always end up in the final four, which we know is going to happen here, too. You know, the best teams are going to end up winning it. So your goal is going to be to try to get that first round by. That way, you, it, it's a lot easier. But Coach Dick, what's good? You're right. I think nine, I think nine can get you there. Ten probably is going to be the minimum. You might be right. It just kind of depends on how much of a slaughtering do we see in the SEC? Do they cannibalize each other? Because they're going to find ways to get the SEC into this. And the even funnier part is, is they were talking about trying to make it to where the SEC gets four guaranteed spots. Same thing with the Big Ten. And then the other, the Big 12 ACC gets two. And then you just have two left over. And it's like, wait, what? How do you have all these guaranteed spots? That's going to help a nine then three team somehow get in if you're one of the guaranteed spots for 
the SEC. Now, again, it all depends on how the crazy the season gets and if it gets cannibalized where everybody loses at least a game, if not two. But your goal, of course, is to win every single game possible. All right. Uh, <laughs> Oni Kuno's here to shamelessly plug himself. Please go check out his channel. He always drops some great content. You're cracking me up with his rants. The rants are always the best, probably some of the best in the business. So, all right, Coop, let's talk about this. Coaching rankings came out, 247. Of course, I dropped a video. I I didn't lose my mind on where Brent Venables is located on this, like I typically would, but there's no reason to. Before we do that, wipe your feet, like, and sub, as well as share. Why? Because sharing is caring. Look at this, Coop. You tell me when you see this. How did this make you feel on this rank? Um, do you remember my answer after our loss to Kansas? And you're like, hey, I think we're still ranked number 11 in the BCS. Do you remember my answer? No, was, I don't. I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it don't matter. It's going to be the same here. And here's why. It's really Kirby smart, and then there's a bunch of other people. Yeah. Like, let's just – can we – because how in the hell are you going to rake – you've got Sarkeesian, Josh Heupel, Drinkowitz, Stoops. I guess you can say Venables. Like, these guys have very, very limited coaching – you know, proud. I mean, I guess tenure. They've had one good season. I mean, if you look at Sark, Sark's good season was you had everything in front of you and you dropped the bag. I mean, that's um, fair. You know, you look at Brian Kelly. Nobody knows what the hell Brian Kelly still is after years. I don't care if he's still at Notre Dame or whatever. Let's see what happens when you don't have a first round draft pick at quarterback. Um, you know, I love I love Lane. He is an absolute crazy uncle, um, and we'll see. You see Missouri and Lane. I don't think that we're this list won't make sense after this year either. Yeah, and I'll just so Jeff Levy still has not coached a single game, not coached a single game, right? And so no matter how great of a coach Nick Saban is, he was dog crap in the NFL. No matter how big of a how great of a coach Bill Belichick was, outside of having Tom Brady, Belichick was never a guy that knew. But a lot of people didn't know dude's name. Is, is that fair? So you're throwing a a melding of Kirby Smart and a bunch of other guys. I don't. I mean, let's let's do this in five years because we have we we have a lot of guys who are coming into new conferences. I, I got to say, the list looks pretty dope. I mean, this is a pretty nice list. Uh, you know, most people don't know who Clark Lee is, and I think that Billy Napier has the strongest downtrending arrow, you know, emoji uh, next to his <laughs> he name. Really does. But, he really does. But, I mean, like, how are you going to elevate Kalen DeBoer up here and, and, and where he's at by taking over Alabama? Like, we all – how do you lose the best coach potentially in, in history? I don't care who's the next guy. Like he hasn't done those things yet. So, but you elevate Kalen DeBoer for t taking a great program and he's done great at Washington and now he's stepping in here. 
This is a different game. You're not playing Stanford. You're not playing Arizona State. You're not going to play Cal. You're going to play Georgia. You're going to play Oklahoma. You're going to play Texas. You're going to, like, those are your bigger games, right? Um, whereas, I mean, you're potentially playing Oregon. Uh, so you got Kalen is elevated, but then yeah. Elko is sitting there at a number 11 with zero elevation when he has done the same thing at Duke, Elko has done at Washington. Well, so now I disagree with you there 100%. DeBoer went to the national championship with the Washington team that had much less talent in Texas. Let's be real. Like, I don't even care how the pack played. They beat Texas. And this, I think this is the thing that bothered me with this. If I'm putting the list, like you said, you're 100% right on this. It's Kirby Smart and the Pips at this point. Like, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. Brian Kelly's 20-7 and seven in his first two years there at LSU, but cool, cool story, right? Why is DeBoer behind Sarkeesian and Kellen DeBoer is 2-0 and o versus Texas, right? And that's the last two years. That's the thing I didn't get. If I'm putting Sark anywhere, I'm putting him five. I will gladly Bro. put Kellen DeBoer number two, and I only give it to him there because, yes, he's taking over for Nick Saban, and unfortunately for him, he's following the GOAT. But he's got more talent there than he's ever had at Washington or San Diego or anybody else he's been. Like, Kellen, I think Kellen's legit. But the fact that he's beaten Sarkeesian twice on neutral site, Alamo Bowl, as well as in the playoffs, yeah, he, he kind of should be up there. He should be ahead of Sark at this point. Alabama lost some talent. They didn't lose everything, right? They still got a lot of those blue chippers that Saban and them brought in. He still got Freddie Roach, so he's going to have a good defensive line. He still got some folks. The bigger thing for me and DeBoer, I want to see what he looks like with Milrow. But your point is right. Elko, what sucks for him is he was a part of that Texas A&M regime before he left and went to Duke that – Actually, they were actually decent. That 2020 team was like, what, 9-2? and two? So he kind of should get a little bit more love than what he's getting, but he's also taken over a true dumpster fire. I mean, they lost every single five-star from that historical class that they had. Yeah. So they've got a lot it's, to clean up there. But at the same time, last point, this is off-season, so we got to have some... It's off-season banter. Yell about. It's, it's, exactly. Exactly. It's off-season. <laughs> off and, and, you know, and I went on with Jason at Hall of Fame, and he definitely messed my list up because I think I had Brent Venables right in the middle. And I think he yeah. is extremely fluid to go one way or the other. Like, is it in two years? Could Brent Venables be number one? Sure. Could he not be on this list? Sure. Uh, you know, I don't. I'm not a big Doom Pod guy, but I think that this is a big season where a lot can go one way or the other. Um, and at Oklahoma, you don't have to have a crap season in order to have a bad season. In Oklahoma, you could have, again, a, a nine and three too many times in a row, and you're going to get shown the door. Same um, thing at Bama. So, yeah, you're right. You're right. A, a, which is the same thing here. But, you know, one thing I do want to kind of point out, which, which is kind of crazy, like you look at this list and, like, let's go with, you know, Vanderbilt. I don't know if they're ever going to put a coach on the hot seat. I mean, you got to basically lose, like, more games than you played to get fired at Vanderbilt. Um, but That's what it feels like. like yeah. It's, but, um, you know, let's look at Clark, Clark Lee could potentially not be there next year. Jeff Levy, that could go one way or the other. And if he doesn't, I mean, they, he's got two years to, like, show something in, in, you know, in Mississippi because if he doesn't, 
Starkville will all of a sudden go, you know what? Uh, there's a lot of love here for our football team, and this ain't where it's going. And I think that we're going to see we're going to see a lot more people ready to, with a quick hook now because I feel like with the way the NIL is now, the 12-team the playoff, I feel like you're going to see a different type of hot seat. You're going to see programs who are like, here's the deal. If you can't make it in the 12-team playoff after a three-year window, you're, you're, you're gone. And yeah. it's, it's not just blue bloods because, guys – I still think the dumbest damn firing in the history of college football was Frank Solich. I think it was the absolute worst firing ever because they haven't had that. I mean, they were like, we went nine and three two years in a row. And now I promise you, you go up to Lincoln, Nebraska, and there's not going to hand in the lap of say, who wants to go nine and three this year? Every single one of them would take that. And then you have the same thing with Mac Brown, right? Texas hasn't truly been back since Mac Brown left. Same thing. Hey, a couple nine and three seasons, a couple eight and fours, and then obviously it went south really, really big. So I say this in, in, in the 16 people here, I think damn near everybody outside of Kirby Smart could be gone in two years with the wrong sample size. No, and and that's not, you're not wrong on that. I, I can see jobs being taken away from some of these. Does that not blow your mind? It's crazy, that blow your mind? but that's the world of college football. And what's even worse about it is those buyouts. Some of these coaches are hoping they get fired. Billy Napier is probably oh. like, "Please fire me." That's thirty million 20, in my pocket. Twenty <laughs> mil to go sit at the crib, right? And, and, and in a lot of these situations, they might not even have to try to find jobs. Like, like Jimmy Sexton has negotiated some of the best contracts ever. But real quick, Lemon, I totally get this statement, but Les Miles is the worst one. That Natty. The reason why complacent, <laughs> he got lazy, right? He wouldn't fire. Uh, was it Cam Cameron, his offensive coordinator? If he have just fired him like five years earlier, probably been okay. But he was comfortable. That ha- that seems to be the LSU thing. It's like you go there, you win a Natty, you get super comfortable, which is the last two because Saban wasn't like that. Saban actually had aspirations, so that's why he went to the NFL. But they get super comfortable. And then they lose, and then they just like stop working. Like Ed Ogeron was having women at practice calling plays. Like, who does that? Well, Ed Ogeron does Ed that. Ed Ogeron. Did I tell y'all about the time I saw Ed Ogeron uh, in uh, Vegas? Did I tell you about the time that we met Billy Boucher? Go Tigers. Yeah, I saw uh, Ogeron in uh, Vegas last year while I was out there for March Madness. Uh, you and, told um, me about that. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like nothing had changed for him. <laughs> with who he had with him. But anyway, I digress. Um, I need to want to jump well, well, outside of that. So DeBoer should be ahead of Sarkeesian. Lane Kiffin, first time in Ole Miss history. They got an 11-win season. He's been pretty consistent. The question is, is when is the scandal going to happen? He's going to lose his job. Uh, he has that tendency. That's just who he is. Heupel's had two decent uh, – he had two solid seasons, a 9-win and a 10-win season at Tennessee, something Tennessee ain't synced in forever. So now we'll see what Nico looks like. I don't understand the drink at seven. He had one good year, and he's been there Bro, four years. That's I was trying not to. I was trying not to make it about this, but but I love this that everybody's in here saying how weird he is. Like drink is so cringe by Dominic. That's a hundred percent. Like who wants I mean, to play for him? Like why? I'm just I'm just saying that like. I want to know if there's legit a legit count of like times that drink has been walking around a parking lot talking on a cell phone like outside of a school and he's got like 
sex trafficker reports called in on him because I mean he kind of kind of looks like he puts lotion in the basket. So, uh, but I'll digress on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll move on to the next thing on that. But no, this is hundred <laughs> percent true. Like, uh, Onikuno, that's hilarious that he does look like he 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 really does look like that all the time, and the way he celebrates is. But you're right, Dominic. This is this is the thing that I preached when I made the video is. I'm fine with Venables between seven and ten. Only thing that helps Venables is that he's won two natty. He's won three natties everywhere he's been an assistant, and he's been underneath some legendary coaches. We're starting to see the OU defense rankings wise and efficiency trend in the Brent Venables way. When he got to Clemson, they were pretty bad. The next year, they moved up into the 30s, and in the year after that, they were the top defense in college football, or at least top five defense in college football. That is one of those, I think, that Venable's at the point that he's starting to trend up for that. And next year, the defense with 74% of production coming back, if that defense shows up like that, like we we sense it's going to, boy, Venable's is going to be moving into top five easily because he'll have the defense needed, and all we got to do is make sure Jackson Arnold goes out there and do what we anticipate he should do to show out. So I think it's fair for where Venables is. Y'all can hop in the comments, Sammy. I think this is a fair spot. Like, Dominic, you made the great point. No matter what, we still got to prove ourselves. Yeah. And I am totally okay with us doing that. Oh, it's it, like, uh, again, Brent Venables, I, I will say this. Brent Venables can be fighting for number one in two to three years, or he could not be the coach at Oklahoma. I feel, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I fully believe that it does not matter. It, you know, it, I had an employee one time and any type of like, you know, correction, any type of like, uh, you know, you know, talk about a job performance, anything like that. He said the right words all the time. He had the structure, he had everything set up, but when it came time to the, the sheet showing how, what the sales looked like, there was nothing there. So Brent Venables can do everything from a cultural standpoint and all this, and he could have all the right things and he could just not press the right buttons in game. And you see it with the Big 12 in basketball right now when you have such an awesome lineup of coaches and you make a couple wrong choices, you know, uh, decisions as a coach, you can't come back from that. And that's how it's going to be. Again, that being said, I fully believe that this year we have a full-on this is the full-on opportunity. This is like coming into this year when we saw OU ranked at number 19, you know, preseason. I'm, I'm fine for it. Let's go out and prove it. Again, you said it. Our defense and what we're ter- we were returning is something that I am extremely excited about because you have a baseline knowledge of this is what our defense is going to look like. And you also have an influx of pretty dadgum sweet talent, if I may say. Yep. And that's coming in. And so now you have guys, you have young, high hopes guys pushing experienced defensive guys on the other side, and you're going to see energy and intelligence. And if, 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 if everything is right in that defensive line room, everything's right in that backfield, uh, defensive backfield, guys, like that, we are going to see defense with Oklahoma football, like legitimate all-year-round defense. And that has me excited. Same. Thanks right here from Mike, the Sooner Legends podcast. Go check him out. He dropped some uh, legendary stuff. Thanks, my man. Yes, so you're okay with BV's spot at the moment? 
I appreciate that. Thank you for the two bucks. We appreciate always the love. And Sooner Cowboy, I, I actually like this. This is a very good point. We lose more than four games. We got questions. If we lose three, question is, who do we lose to? And that, that's fair. And then going into two losses, we should be in the playoffs. And then one, yep, playing the natty. I 100% agree with you, that lineup. That's, that's spot yeah. on because that's what I see when it comes to based on who we've got to play against. Not too many questions about, you know, those other games. We've broken down the schedule. Like, literally, the only teams that I have concerns about, truly, is on the road at LSU because it's on the road and it's the last game of the season. I have a little bit of concerns around the Ole Miss game and maybe Red River. The rest of the games, nah. We should have no problem with that just because of the way our defense is. Now, Red River, honestly, they're third on the list for me as far as concerns, too. They're not – I don't see anything about them that makes me say, oh, I'm just terrified. The bigger thing is, is what does Jackson Arnold look like in these warm-up games, the first three games of the season? If he looks good in the warm-ups, yeah, I think we're fine. And we have what the considered second hardest schedule in college football is what we're listed as right behind Florida. Yeah. If we come out of that double digits, Doc, I don't care what anybody says. Brent Venables should be uh, up there for coach of the year. He should be considered top five in conference. All you got to do is if we win 10 games, definitely should be top because that's a gauntlet. That's a tough, that's a tough schedule. And the road games are tough ones with Auburn and Ole Miss and LSU and Missouri. They're games that you got to, you know, really think about. So, yeah, 10. Yeah, I think we'll be fine on that one. So, all right, Coop, let's jump on this one. I actually like this question from SBC Bates. I like this question. So, fall enrollees. So, only players that's left to enroll is EPL and Tatum, if I'm correct. Is there anybody else that I'm missing here? I'm thinking. Uh, so I, I, I got to apologize, everybody. Thank you. We had somebody who just came over, so uh, right in the front door. But um, yeah, it's it's the the fall sports guys, the track stuff. So I think you've got um, Nesta was here um, working out. I think with he the is team. here. Do you know is he here he for is good? Here. For good? Because yeah, I, I think he's here for good. I don't think wife. he's playing. I don't okay. think he's playing high, his his senior year of high school baseball. I'm going to, I think I'm going to maybe try to drop a hint and without dropping a hint, without saying this, but there's a lot of reasons why potential portal transfers didn't happen. Guys, it isn't just like a, hey, you know what? Let's just make this, let's just, let's just, I just want to switch. I think McCarty might be one of them. McCarty might be one that's not here too. Um, But if you do a, if you do, you know, if we get the opportunity to keep doing the, the, the two sports stars, we're going to run into this. But there's a situation I know, with one potential transfer that the way that where they are at, the school year doesn't line up exactly with what we're doing here. And, it, you know, it's why we got Ooh. Lance Mitchell way back in the early 2000s. So the, sometimes there are some pieces like that that happen. Um and then, you know, if you're running track or playing baseball in school and, and a guy like Taylor Tatum, he's going to be doing that. So, I mean, that's that's why he's not here. Um, I, with EPL, was he also doing track too? Um, I think he's doing some sort – I think he's doing something in track, but I know that he's not here. I know that he's not yeah. here yet. 
Um, I know Reggie Powers is Okoye. Actually, you know what? Let me just pull this up so everybody can kind of see as I scroll through this. And, and I'll say, I'm, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get either uh, Danny or Nigel or one of the guys to come back. Um, you know, kind of let us know a couple weeks before the spring game what's been going on, like who looks good. Um, I mean, the the life is is changing for these cats, and it, it's cool to kind of talk to them about this. So, oh yeah, it's fun. So, um, of course, Stone is here. We've seen him in his pictures. Tatum's not. So as um, as Oni Kuno has pointed out, Taylor Tatum is the big name. It's the only one that's not here. I know Zion's here. If I'm correct, Eugene Brooks is here. Sing Tim Okoye, of course. Powers right. is here. Nigel Smith is here. Vaughn is here. Carry On is here. And I, man, hearing great things about him. Michael Hawkins, uh, Hardy, Jackson, Nesta. Uh, if I'm correct, Nesta is here. I think I saw him go from, and this was like in the middle of January, he went from football workout to baseball workout or vice versa, one of the two. So I think he is here. Uh, Jeremiah Newcomb's the one I don't know. I think he yeah, is here. It said, so. Uh, Oni is saying that KJ Daniels, Devin Jordan, um, let's see, Jeremiah Newcomb, Patterson McDonald, Reagans, and Tatum. Um, I so think KJ's not here. Newcomb's not here. Oh, I thought Michael was, but probably I could see that. I know he, well, he's probably just on campus kicking it on a regular basis. Zion's not here. Yes. And Jordan. There you go. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Oh, and then Boganowski yeah, is here. Out. Yep. Uh, hopefully, Pops is here. watching. Um, you know, it, 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 here's right now is not where you're. And right, right before spring is when they usually like to do these, um, do, do the gains as far as like the pluses, you know, weight gains and stuff like that. So we should hear be, hear more of that coming out. I think as we get closer to the spring game, um, you know, we're gonna have some opportunity to you know hear a little bit more about that. But uh, trust me, it's. You get these guys on, and if you're a, a so we have a lot defensively coming back, right? We have yeah. a lot of we have a lot offensively to be. I mean, if if we're just going to doom pod, it's all going to teeter on our offensive line. Oh, 100%. If it's if our offensive line is a sieve and Jackson Arnold's running the entire year, we got bad, bad times coming. If the offensive line is poor then we're going to have a lot of frustrations that we can't push over the edge in, in the games. If the offensive line holds it own, holds its own, that's where I think that we're pushing that nine and three. If our offensive line looks like it's actually got a chance and continues to get better and ha- takes that six weeks but continues to get better, you know, we're going to go to the playoffs, and but we just may not have the opportunity to do anything big. Um, so – You've got we've got a lot that's going on there. I think the rest. If we had the offensive line we had coming into this year, going into next year, I think this is a top five team. Can be, it can. And with with the production we're bringing back on defense, mm-hmm. and then like you said, the one question is the offensive line. And as mentioned here, I've heard, of course, the same. The O-line, interior-wise, sounds like it's going to be really, really good. And there's some players that are abusing and looking really good. 
And so I'm not concerned about the offensive line like everybody. I put it like this. I'm not concerned about the offensive line just like I wasn't concerned too much about the wide receiver room. I mean, Bill Beatonbow's always figured it out. They've always targeted particular players, specific types, and they get them in there. And then you notice that, oh, wait, there's some athletic freaks. Like, wow, this is ridiculous. And they do it. Like, I, I went back the other day and looked at my video on Tyler Guyton. One of the first videos I really made and really getting into the game, right? And boy, comment section there, brutal, brutal, brutal. People was looking, talking about, I don't know what you're excited about him for. He looks horrible. What's so good about him? He's about to be drafted first round. I mean, in all honesty, was he a tight end? Was he a quarterback? Was he on offensive he was, lineman? He came like, into college as a defensive lineman, moved to tight end, because he's an athletic freak. He really is. And he barely, yeah. I mean, he caught one touchdown, but he barely played. He played H-back a little bit at TCU. And then we got him. We put his butt at that right, at that tackle. And you're like, oh, wait, he is good. My good, yeah. good. He's, and, and to be honest with you, what's crazy about this is I bet you going into the draft, I thought Cody Ford was going to be an perennial all pro. Mm-hmm. If you ask me going into the end of the season for Anton Harrison last year, or even Guyton this year, I, like I'm happy that they're going to get drafted high and, you know, we could throw some cloud on it, but it's like, I just didn't believe that either that Anton Harrison was going to be a good ta- uh, tackle in the NFL. He killed it this year. Um, you know, oh, you look good Creed Humphrey. for the Jags. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, Creed, I mean, listen, the Jags had other issues, but Creed Humphrey, even though he had some issues snapping the ball in the Super Bowl, Creed Humphrey is now, I mean, he is pressing for the best center in the league. Uh, if, Kel- if Kelsey leaves, that argument pretty much is a moot point from this point going forward. I, I think he's, I think he is dope. You look at Trent Williams, a silverback, dude may be the best player to come out of Oklahoma in the past 30 years. There's a legit Which chance. Is cr- which is crazy to say when you've got like Bro. Adrian Peterson existing and Tommy Harris as well as even Gerald McCoy. That is the wildest thing, and it's so true. It's, it's so true. I I promise you, the casual fan doesn't know Trent Williams went to Oklahoma. I mean, just literally doesn't. Most don't. And and so, um, but I digress. I I just got I got to say this last piece. Like you absolutely. Um, you absolutely have so many really, really, really good opportunities with great coaches on this staff. Mm-hmm. And so if we see Allie come in and do this, but something that you said was last year, I didn't have any issues with the, with receivers because I trusted you didn't know a damn thing about Emmett Jones going into last year. You and I made this, had this talk multiple times. You knew nothing and you had a little bit of trust in the receiving group. Yep. Now going in, it's like if we ever have an issue at receiver ever again with him still here, I, 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 something's going to happen. Something's because wrong. You don't something's wrong. Receiver, and it's still yeah. But if you are a beanball hater or if you're a beanball lover, I say this: just look at what's going on. I mean, Wanye Morris is dumping Gatorade to win the Super Bowl on Andy Reid. And actually Trent played Williams him some too as a fr- as a rookie. He actually started getting seeing some yeah. game late in the season. So, yeah, a lot, a lot. They like and they, they like Oklahoma guys. 
but uh, uh, yeah, it's it, it, it's we got it. We got to relax. Now we're going into the SEC. Please, please, folks, just 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 keep this in mind. The SEC, we've said this. So if you're just a random person watching this for the first time, I love you. Thank you for being here. We are so excited to have you here. Most of the SEC, SEC crap comes from people that are not in the, are in fan bases like Vanderbilt and South Carolina and Texas A&M and all these places. It ain't coming out of Georgia. It ain't coming out of Alabama. I know that we're going to the SEC. I know that there's a jump up, but I, I fully believe this is we are going to have the opportunity to slow it down. I, Gabe Iker talked about it a little bit is when you push, you push the tempo, tempo, tempo like we did this year. That is your only chance to mask. And that's, that's, that's your card. That's the one up the sleeve. That's your thing. That's what we have to have that opportunity to do. They're, like We're not going to do that. We are going to slow the ball down a little bit more. It is not going to be so RPO heavy, which RPO heavy offense makes it harder for a lot of people to look at our offensive linemen and go, mm, I think this is a good idea to draft this guy or not. Because offensive linemen in the RPO, it is, it, it is look what's around you and kind of just give us your best guess. Because am I blocking for the run? Am I down? I'm not sure. It, this is going to be great. It's the, the 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 progress of this offensive line. I fully believe because of the opportunity to back off on the RPO to slow it down a little bit to to to, to actually work on our offensive efficiency. Use that line, and run blocking is the hard, easiest thing for for beating ball to go up there and say, guys, we're not getting a couple things. Why don't we just put our hands in the dirt? and go kick the ass of the person across from you. If you do that, these guys are going to start growing. That's what I sense, too, that all, all it's going to take is beating Bo looking at him saying, just, just go win. win. Win your battle in front of you. And I think we'll be fine with that. And James makes a good point. We slow it down, which we will. I can see, I can see a good season out of us. Now, Dominic, yeah. you make a good point here. This is kind of what I was thinking about in a way. is, But I don't think it's going to be O-line that holds us back, right? And y'all, y'all ain't gonna want to hear this. I'm just gonna be honest. Y'all not gonna hear this. Want to hear this? But I think our progression this year falls in only one hand. Jackson Arnold. He's coming in as a true sophomore. So the question's going to be. I don't question if he's ready. I think that he has the capabilities of it, as long as he goes out there and plays as much mistake-free football as possible. Yes. I think we'll be just fine. Now, we saw glimpses of it in the Arizona game midway through it, what I think we'll probably see most of the season. I think that beginning and end, I don't think that that'll be him. But at the same time, those are tendencies we've got to keep our eyes open for. But I don't think that we'll see that most of the time. So I think we'll be fine there. True. And so, Jimmy, you asking a question around. I actually saw a couple people asking around about uh, our boy, uh, Ali. Uh, how is he doing? I mean, so far, it looks like he's got recruits liking him. And, I mean, he's little Brent, so I don't think that he's going to be – I think that – I think we'll see what it looks like when we start bringing in recruits. Let's put it that way. I'm waiting to see what it looks like on the recruiting trail. Practice, I can't – what I've heard is that ain't much change with him being there because, honestly, who's really running the linebacker room right now? It's probably Venables. They're his dudes, right? He's a linebacker by trade. 
He's CEO in it, but he's probably still involved in the linebacker side because that's just who he is. But Zach's probably going to – we'll have to see what Zach looks like come spring game. I think closer to spring game, we'll probably hear a few more reports or conversations. Actually, when they got more availability to the media. Because I haven't heard any players talk about him much, either besides that they he reminds them of Venables. That's, I think that's the only thing I've heard on one of the Red Dirt ramblings or whatnot. So, But Allie is going to be a, a fun one. Speaking of coaches, let's go ahead and jump into this real quick. Soon as just add another coach, we have a special teams core, uh, not coordinator, analyst on staff now in Doug uh, Deacon, who was over at San Diego State. He was there for 17 years from tight end coach to special teams, right? So we've got a guy that's experienced on the special team side. If you remember the punt guy, the dude that would punt the ball like 10 million yards, guess what? He's here, right? And uh, real quick, Dank, thank you so much for the $20. We appreciate it. As you stay, very excited about the upcoming season. It will be a telltale sign of what this team and BV can do. Boomer Sooner, baby, 100%. You are right. That, my friend, is what we have to kind of be patient with and wait and see what it turns out to be. Because that's really what what everything's going to look like. Is what, What's going to tell us everything is what this season is, is how we do going into this year. But I don't want to judge everything on this year. And I think, I forgot who mentioned this. Actually, only Kuna, I think he may have mentioned this before too. But um, 2025 is the year. If there's a year to look at, Coop, 2025 is the year. That's when just about everybody's seasoned. Well, we'll, we'll lose the, the, the three defensive guys, but everybody else will be juniors and seniors at that point. 2025 is the year everybody's really circling. Jackson Arnold have th- two years under his belt. All of that, right? So, new coach. How'd you feel about the special teams analysts coming in? Coop, how, how, how'd you feel about that? You know, we always wonder. Do does all of our bitching on Twitter and complaining to each other and on message boards and who who has said I, I, I must stop right there. I think that they heard us like there are severe like everybody was frustrated about roof, you know, because it's like, hey, it's time for pops to have his medicine and go to bed. Like <laughs> it's it's just that time. Like, Come on, man. Like, leave roof alone. So. Uh, listen, it is what it is. And so you, that got changed with Zach Alley, Zach Alley coming in. The number one reason why I think that this is going to be such a phenomenal success is he knows what Brent wants, but Zach Alley doesn't have to walk into the linebacker room and earn those guys respect. He was, they were probably issued some respect to hand over to him from BB before he arrived, but you can't tell me that. Danny Stutzman as that leader, that that group, Kanick as his, you know, as his little brother, and then Kip and Kobe, like those guys want to be phenomenal, and they are probably working. It is it is great to have such experience and leadership in that area to bring. I mean, to to bring Allie in and to be like, hey, listen, let's work. Let's you know that open conversation. If that was a bunch of like freshmen who were recruited by another guy, I think that that could be a big issue. But since it is experience, it is older guys coming in with the dude who's going to, who is Brent Venables, like little guy, like, and no offense, you know, to Zach, like it's going to be great. 
on the special teams, that was an issue, right? Ever since that damn burrito, this has just been absolutely terrible. There has been nothing good about any type of that. So I am going to say, listen, we're going to have somebody who's in there. Um, he's got great, great experience. You know, obviously he's, uh, he worked under Chuck Long cause I think Chuck Long would have probably been, uh, mm-hmm. right at the beginning of his 17 year, uh, tenure. And so, um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is great. I mean, they're adding coaches to focus in on that. I, I think that as long as you can have space for the coaches on the sideline, you can hire as many as you want or whatever the rule is nowadays. Um, but, um, I think I might be hired as one of the uh, analysts here soon too. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll be the, uh, the, the game day atmosphere, uh, coordinator. Um, but anyway, it, it, yeah, we got new guys, it, you know, Brent Venables is continuing to do more and more and more. Um, we haven't talked about it, but the Curtis Lofton and all that issue, uh, this, this program is, is being put together. And with the details and some of the things that are coming in, if you have any wavering about BVS, like how can he manage a program, he's doing things that nobody's ever done before here, and he's doing them well, and he's doing, and it looks pretty well put together. So I think that we've he's got a, he's got great mentors between Barry and Bob. Um, so I mean, you got to think that like if BV did something and Barry and Bob were against it. I think that those two guys have that relationship. They would go to him and be like, "Hey, explain your thinking around this one, there, Brent." Um, so I, I, I'm 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 looking looking happy because if if we turn around and improve and become a top ten defense and a damn kicker or punter is the reason why we lose something and, and kind of get screwed, I'm gonna be upset. Yeah, I'd be pretty pretty mad as well if that's what. Um causes us to lose. But the good thing is, is that we're bringing in a dude that has a lot of experience, been doing this for a while. And the bigger thing is, is that, I mean, as an analyst, what that means in comparison to being a special teams coordinator, which he was at San Diego state is that he can't really communicate with the players during the game. Like he can't be on the sideline calling stuff, but they'll have an actual plan. My thing about him is putting the right people out there that need to be out there. That's the most important thing. If you have the right people out there, We'll be just fine. That's the struggle part, right? And yeah, he'll have some tricks and stuff or whatnot. He'll probably do a really good job of recruiting kickers and punters and bringing us hopefully another punt guy. That would be fun to have. But the big thing is, is having a dude like this that actually knows special teams well and actually had some high rate. I mean, his on the ESPN's uh, efficiency rating on special teams efficiency, top five the last three years. So he's doing the job we need. Bad, yeah. bad special teams. Yeah, fair. That's a fair point there, Onikuno. <laughs> Having bad special teams is a good sign of being a national title caliber, as Florida State as well as Bama. I mean, it's not wrong, but I would like to have a kick returner and a kick return setup to where we can have like a dude like Farouk be out there and be like Peter Wark and just juke people out and go. We need to be able to put some guys that that need to return the ball, put the right people back there. Like I've been hearing like Peyton Bowen is a name that a lot of people would like to see as a return man. That concerns me. I don't, I don't know. I, so if PB wants to go back there, I will 100% let him have his run. He was, that was one of the main things I was excited about, about his recruitment was, was that. And then, you know, because again, uh, and I believe, uh, so so, uh, there's James. Uh, So, 
Sooner Legends podcast. If you guys, we kind of mentioned this earlier. If you guys yeah. go give him a uh, go give him a, a look at see because um, one of the really really cool things that he does is uh, you know he he'll, he'll ask what do you want to hear about and I told him hey put the Antonio Perkins three punt return day because I was there that game and it was electric because he had three somewhere in the third quarter and they punted two to three more times afterwards and every everybody's holding the number four in the air everybody's going crazy you know he, he didn't get anywhere near breaking the fourth one but every single attempt at tackle looked like it was a shoestring tackle even though it was like uh, targeting um you know but it, it was it that was one of the most exciting things like going back and you know, the beginning of my days and, um, you know, shout out again, Barry's still watching. Um, I, the reason why I love those 2000 receivers between Savage and Woolfolk and Mackie, um, was in Josh Norman was because of those guys willing to go back and return. Savage was a phenomenal kick returner. Uh, JT Thatcher was an amazing punt returner. Like now, like the oh, special teams runs out and it's not only that, like, it's not only that shit we failed on offense, but then you're like, oh crap, and we suck at special teams. Like it was terrifying. So, and Dominic, I, I love you, man, but I feel like our safety room is so strong right now that like that's a place we could afford, uh, or a Farouk going out there, which I'm okay with, or even like a. That's where I'm at. I don't mind a Farouk. I don't know. I don't honestly. I don't want Bowen because I want Bowen to play more defense. Like that's how I mean, talented listen, he is. I want him to be playing he, more defense, especially in when SEC. he, yeah. When Bowen does things, it's great. So I'm just thinking, like, do we have the safeties to have him out there between Powers and between, uh, you know, Bowman and, and Hardy, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Robert Spears, Jennings, and Hardy? Like, we've got so many bodies there. Like Peyton Bowen may never. Peyton Bowen may have like 35 starts by the time he leaves OU because yep. he's going to be bouncing around on so many different things. And Dom, you said Brennan Thompson. The only reason why I don't like Brennan Thompson is he weighs about 120 pounds. And I don't, <laughs> I mean, I feel like, I feel, I feel like Farouk is more built for that. Um, you know, Alex Ross, I saw that. There was also, who was it? Help me, everybody in the chat, Jay. Who was the punt returner? He was a wide receiver, and his name, I believe, is Trey. It's not Matuire, because he was, the, he was when? The, the exposure guy. Trey who? When did he uh, play? It, it was Trey, it was it Trey Franks. Was it Trey oh, Franks, uh, Dominic Franks. No, no, no. It was, I think it was Trey, but he always tripped over, like, a taller blade of grass. I feel like he could never get out of his own way. Like, we have been looking for a dominant kick returner, punt returner, for a long time. It's been a while. Like, C.D. Lamb was returning punts, guys. Do you guys remember this? Freaking C.D. Lamb's returning punts at one point. Yeah, he was. And it was Dominique Franks is one of them that we had. I know that he, he, he works now at TU. He was a DB. And I think he did return punts at one point in his life, which is, of course, oh, interesting. I got to uh, – I was DJ. Yes, he wedding. returned a lot of punts in <laughs> his career. Okay. 29 uh, punt returns for 300 and something yards. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was very few kicks. DJing a wedding, and Dom was uh, one of the one of the groomsmen, and I just straight up asked him. I mean, this is obviously a long time ago. But I asked him, and I'm like, "Hey, brother, 
uh, something something next year, and he's like, oh yeah, so uh, yeah, I think I'm going to the NFL. And I remember like knowing if I would have happened now, I would have been tweeting the shit out of that. <laughs> yeah, back crazy. in the day. But back <sighs> in the day, I couldn't. There's nobody I could really tell. I think I told my boy Cardic, and I told you I told somebody else, and I was just like. I don't think he's ready. And, you know, he did pretty well for a while there for the Falcons. But anyway, it's, yeah, I just, I don't know if we want to throw out there, like, is Freeman the the answer? No, uh, I don't like that at all. Um, I don't like the Freeman issue. I don't know if there is, like, a Jaquez Petaway opportunity. uh, Because, I mean, yeah, Jalen Saunders was, I mean, I still Uh, remember. But we haven't had, like. I I miss a JT Thatcher type or Antonio Perkins. JT yeah, uh, Thatcher, Perkins. Uh, I missed oh, that. Man, I just can't. Broyles was pretty good. Yeah, Broyles was. I miss Perkins, though. Perk. He almost oh, had a record and stuff. I miss, I miss Perkins. Man, I like, we were given, uh, who was it? We were given, we were given uh, Mario Williams, you know, a lot of crap. But then, like, he hit the transfer portal. And I thought, man, what if he transferred here and it's just more of the same? Because he had issues, you know, against Utah with the punt returns, and and I, it's just, yeah, it's he, he. I see Freeman back there, and I'm and I'm just like, I'm just praying that we don't turn the ball over. Like, imagine just going like holding your breath because you think it could potentially turn into something like, you know, a sixty yard kid from Jinx played run running back transferred to Missouri. Hmm. Jinx. It's a good question. I can't remember. I know that yeah, give me a we year. had Tashar Choice, who transferred to Georgia, Georgia Tech, Tech, and he's the he went running Tech. back coach down in Texas, right? Oh, it must be Weiss. Yeah, Theo Weiss. Uh, Theo? Yeah. Yeah. Theo's a... He had a good boy. year. I think I think he... No, was, no, Theo wasn't a Tulsa guy. Theo's mm-hmm. out of Texas. Oh, he's Alan Al- no. Texas. He's Alan Texas kid. My bad. So no, he's not, that's not him. No, I don't know if we've had a yeah. There's Ross? Alex Ross way back in the day. Alex Ross, um, yeah, Alex Ross was great. I mean, he, he was a he's a legit four three guy, and he was the next AD uh, from a body type, and uh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't behind Adrian Peterson. Yeah, I, Alex guys, Ross. Listen. Yes, it was Alex Ross because he played at uh, yep, Jinx, Oklahoma, and then he went to yeah. Mizzou. Go Pats! Did did Mark Bradley ever do returns? I tell you what, if you ask that question in the wrong crowd, you could get stabbed. <laughs> That's funny. Ah, it's a sharp choice. Yeah, I, he would have. There's a lot of yeah. Folks. Of all people, that man was. Yeah. Was yeah is the. Yeah, it's yeah, he, he was uh, and he was a high four star guy. And why did you say that? Wait, are, 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 are if we're talking about why would I say that Bradley? Because Bradley's the one who fumbled the uh, punt return and turned the tide in the national championship game against USC. Oh, yeah. I don't think to get real bad. Oh yeah, it, because I think that it, that was like the five minutes later we were down by twenty five. It was nuts, but yeah, no. Char Choice should have stayed. I mean, he was great. I mean, just the number of running backs that you know we had great expectations for, like 
uh, you know, I still think Ronaldo works is one of my favorite running backs ever. And he yeah, never was a starter. Ronaldo. And middle school. Ronaldo's a great dude. Yeah, I mean, he was never a starter. But every single time that we needed a, a momentum shifting something, you know, a third down, you know, something like that, Ronaldo would, you know, Ronaldo would do magic. And uh, so, yeah, I love, I mean, he was one of my favorites. Uh, Roy Finch. Roy Finch is one that a lot of people say that he is never, uh, he was the dude who never, never got his opportunity. But uh, that guy, that guy never came out of the doghouse. Yeah, and the actual AP. Yeah, actual AP was good too. That that is AP. Yeah, the actual AP. He was actually pretty good. Never understood how. Yeah. Jay, I've just literally turned this into what is Cooper? Running. Yeah, we're just gonna we're we're just guys here speaking out old running backs from our college names. That's another, just yeah, great things about being guys. But anyway. Uh, well, we've been rolling for about an hour, man. I think I'm uh, we'll, we'll have to jump on some of these other topics on the next one. We've got a lot of stuff still lined up. We got to talk about, you know, battles that's going to be going into the spring game because we've got a lot of, uh, we got a lot of players that you got to keep your eyes on. And just like, uh, boy, only Kuno mentioned, man, the, the running back room, not the, the, the offensive line is going to be a lot better than y'all think. And based upon reports, it's sounding really good again, which that's what I am uh, excited about going into next season. So make sure you hop yeah. in the comments, leave one. Please wipe your feet, like, subscribe, rate, review. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, give us five stars. I think we deserve it. Just go ahead and give us five anyway. And with that, Coop, we'll chop it up with all of y'all. Maybe midweek. If not, we'll be back next Sunday as usual. We'll chop it up soon. Peace.